Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to the Captain's Log, a special episode of Random Trek. I am your loyal captain, Christopher Ingle, coming to you as my commander, Brennan, the Mystical Mar, is away on a away mission. I wanted to talk today about a piece of Star Trek history doesn't get a lot of talk in the Star Trek world, but it does in the realm of another fandom. You see, I am a huge fan of comedy, huge fan of animation. As our talks about Lower Decks has shown, I enjoy irreverent humor, but also intelligent irreverent humor. And one of the greatest shows to ever have intelligent science fictional Irreverent humor comes from the classic television show, Futurama. Futurama is no mystery to the world of science fiction and to Star Trek, as Leonard Nimoy has lent his voice numerous times as himself, or at least the head of himself in a jar. There's one particular episode that feels like a true homage and true love, and I want to review that here today as it's not a normal episode, but I want to treat it as one, as if it were a Star Trek episode. I'm talking, of course, of season four in in Futurama, where no fan has gone before a true, true love letter. When the episode starts, we have Zap Brannigan, who very much is a Captain Kirk-like figure in this series. He's a ladies' man. He's a little goofy uh, and has all the cadences of William Shatner, including uh, doing some rather awful uh, um, spoken word poetry. Uh, But he is holding a court-martial in the Planet Express ship, which now has engine nacelles that makes it look like the Enterprise. Uh, you he actually hear Captain Kirk doing his log, uh, only to reveal that he and the rest of the original Star Trek crew are sh- are on the ship as heads in a jar. Uh, Zap Brannigan arrested Fry, Leela, Bender, and all the other characters, as well as Star Trek, for going to the Forbidden Planet of Omega-3. Uh, Fry is on trial first and looks paralyzed in a wheelchair that we recognize as the same wheelchair used by Captain Pike in the Menagerie. <laughs> uh, Zap lets the charges known, which are uh, 12, uh, pot- could result in 12 concurrent death sentences. And Fry looks paralyzed in the chair. Um, and using the beeps, says he doesn't, under- he-, he understands. However, uh, when asked if he pleads guilty, he does two beeps, which we know means no. But Zap, being the idiot that he is, assumes that was a double yes. Uh, and so uh, Zap is about to get out his gun, but he gives Fry a chance to explain. Uh, and he beeps in Morse code, which tells us the story. That um, when the crew of the Planet Express go looking to rent a video, Fry suggests getting one of the first Star Trek, uh, six Star Trek movies. Uh, but when Fry says the word Star Trek, there's an alarm, a red alert that's triggered, and everybody gets down on the ground. Leela whispers Fry and tells her that Star Trek is forbidden in the future. They hear a patrol car coming, and uh, the crew uh, try to get uh, Fry stuffed into Bender, and they walk out. Uh, 
Zap comes back and he stops the story to learn more about the forbidden words. Uh, and Nichelle Nichols, doing her own voice, explains what happens. Uh, she explains that Star Trek became banned in the 23rd century when an entire religion known as Star Trekism was formed. Uh, it was banned because world leaders were threatened by the influence of Star Trek, uh, and they killed all the Star Trek fans and dumped them into a volcano. Uh, and the last 79 episodes and six movies were rocketed to the Forbidden Planet of Omega-3. Uh, Zap is kind of shocked, but actually doesn't care very much for it. Next up is Bender. Fry turns out was just faking the whole paralyzed thing, and he gets out, and uh, it's up to you, Bender. And Bender sits in, and instead of talking, the beeps start again, just like uh, <laughs> Captain Bike. So Fry goes to the head museum and meets Leonard Nimoy, who they've met before. Uh, Nimoy denies knowing what they're talking about as the security camera's looking on, but Fry tries to get him to admit it, and he slips up, uh, and he starts to cry. Uh, he says that the crew members left Earth because Earth didn't need them anymore. Uh, Nimoy wanted to stay because he signed a six-month lease for his apartment and couldn't get out of it. So all the other cast members left except for Nimoy. Fry gets mad and takes Nimoy's head so they can go get the tapes back and show the world how much Star Trek meant to him. Uh, and they, Leela, Bender, decide to aid Fry. When they get near this planet of Omega-3, Leela loses control and crash lands. When they get out of the ship, they discover there are sets from the original show. Uh, and like with nostalgia and sadness, Leonard Nimoy wishes that the rest of the cast were there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the cast from Star Trek, with their bodies intact... Uh, and some new actor named Welshy, not Scotty, uh, steps out of the Guardian of Forever set. They say they were on their way to Welshy's cousin's house when the ship was pulled onto this planet. They crash land and they woke up. They had bodies, new bodies, like they were young. They love the planet and everything's been provided for them and they never age. Uh, when Leela asks who did that for him, they said they never really thought about it. They just are used to that kind of treatment as celebrities. But then this big green energy being named Melvar comes out and says he did everything. Um, and he shows his power by zapping and killing Welshy. And Fry was like, no, not Welshy, even though we have no care who the heck Welshy is in the first place. Um then it's Leela's turn to tell her story to Zap. Melvar shows his power again, giving Leonard Nimoy a body and explains that the rocket and the tapes, uh, Melvar would watch them over and over and over again. And he has an encyclopedic knowledge of, of Star Trek. And what we discover is that Melvar is also an ultimate fan of Star Trek. Uh, and he's been waiting for Nimoy so he can complete his Star Trek convention. Uh and Nimoy asks, how long will this convention last? And Melvar says, until time stops. Uh, so funny. Uh, and then uh, there's a trivia contest between Fry and Melvar. Uh, Fry ends up winning, which uh, Melvar gets mad and stops the contest. Uh, now the cast has to perform a fan script that Melvar wrote. Uh, <laughs> basically, Melvar is this ultimate fan. Um, and, and it's not exactly going the way he expects it to. Uh, while the cast rehearses the plan backfires and, and Melvor, Melvar kind of uh, absorbs energy from the ship and drags the ship uh, down to the planet, breaking their engines. Uh, Melvar kind of is kind of confused on who he should work up the, the, the fake heroes, the actors of Star Trek or the planet of Spresku, because, you know, they are real ship people. 
Um, so what he decides to do is to make the crew of the Enterprise and the crew of the Planet Express fight each other to the death. And we get that we get that very arena-esque or very uh, Spock and Kirk fight uh, music going, which I absolutely love. Well, finally, in the end, uh, when they um, what we discover is that Melvar is just a child and that he has parents uh, and they're ordered to let him go. Uh, They rebuild uh, the ship uh, and they try to escape. Um, but unfortunately, Melvar gets into his own spaceship and starts going after them. Uh, and what we find out is that while Zap captures the Planet Express crew and does this, Melvar is still chasing them as we speak. Uh, and they're they're attacking and fighting. Um, Fry basically kind of yells out in the end that Melvar can't live his life like this. And, you know, he's got to give it up at the end and be real uh, and move out of his parents' basement. Maybe get a temp job, you know, Uh, and Melvar does that and he leaves. Uh, The cast didn't wonder if Melvar was truly evil and gave them life and perks and treated them like gods. Um, But. Fry tells them they all had to put up with was a really annoying fan. And Shatner says, let's get the hell out of here. And they return home. Um, This is like the ultimate fan story. And I know it's not Star Trek, but it treats these, these people, you know, and the things that they've gone through as fans. And Fry is our view as a fan. Well, she is the ultimate fan. And this is so irreverent and meta. Uh, and I absolutely love it. All the voices return here too, with the exception of course, of James Dewan and uh, uh, of course, DeForest Kelly was, was not with us, but uh, Walter Koenig, Nichelle Nichols, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, and Jewish Takei all do their voices. And even a cameo voice from Jonathan Frakes in the head museum, which is really nice. I love that. This is so funny, you know, and it just goes to show how much love we have for Star Trek that we're making reference to this show in an entirely different show and how much they love the entire episode is about how much Fry loved Star Trek and we love Star Trek. And it makes me wonder what will Star Trek's legacy be in the 23rd century when Star Trek's happening? Are we going to remember Star Trek or is it going to be something so far past and we, we look beyond it and it's no longer relevant and just kitschy. Well, this captain hopes not. When we have comedy, like what we see here in Futurama, things like uh, um, things like Lower Decks that bring about just this brevity and comedy and beauty honoring Star Trek, it's my hope that Star Trek is going to last long beyond our times. We are already coming along to the 60th anniversary of Star Trek and the people who loved Star Trek when it first came out uh, are, you know, are aging on. They themselves are now in their 60s and 70s and some older. How long before Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar, myself are in our 50s, 60s, 70s, reminiscing about how much we love Star Trek and the fans that we are and how much it meant to us. The only way to do that is to continue to share it as New Trek does, to share Star Trek with the new generations as our parents did with us and the next generation. Futurama did such a good job 
with the episode where no fan has gone before. And it should be the template to how to lovingly embrace the comedy. And I really hope that once we do get to review Galaxy Quest, we can take a look at a film that does this where TV has also been successful. Give it a watch if you ever get a chance. I highly recommend it. It is available on Hulu uh, and you can see it uh, for yourself and hopefully enjoy a good laugh as a fan uh, and as someone who just appreciates a good science fiction comedy. But more than that, who appreciates the love of Star Trek. This is Captain Christopher Ingle signing off on today's Captain's Log. Kapla! And live long and prosper.